0: Serious news, seriously entertaining. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy
1: National Nap Monday! Oh, it is National Nap
2: Day. What? That's right. Yeah,
1: it yeah. is. Yeah, fantastic. Take a oh. nap.
2: Naps are good for you.
1: I love this. I love this
0: day. We should have a celebration right now. Yeah, we should. Everybody nap. Everybody nap. Go. No. No.
2: Can't do that. Gotta oh. talk into the microphone. Gotta keep the people entertained. We're saving radio each and every day, Becky Lynn. No,
1: good for you. Hundred years, you know that, right? KTR. That's, That's right. right. Hundred years 100 old. Hundred years. Having people nap.
2: All right, I'm Gato she's Chad. You heard from Becky Lynn. She's back in about seven minutes with her next news flash. Oh, why don't we get started? Let's do it. Why why don't we get started? Okay, so she's got problems. Tell me if I'm right in hearing this. Tell me I didn't hear this, okay? So, 180 people went free because we have a certain office here in the valley that apparently doesn't know what the heck they're doing.
1: Now, let's see, what office would that be, young friend of mine?
2: Uh, Maricopa County Attorney's Office. Oh, who runs that? Alistair Adele. Has she had some problems? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, it's time for her to go. We've been—I've
1: been saying that forever. You—you're you, trying to err on the, hey, you know what? You're trying to be nice and understand she's got a problem. Yeah. Here's the problem: your problem is causing everybody else problems. It's time for you to go.
2: All right. Here's the story: uh, the Maricopa County Attorney's Office was forced to drop 180 criminal cases. Why? Why? Pick a reason. Um, it forgot to file charges. Well, that's a weird reason. Isn't that strange? What that's is, your job. What are you supposed to do over there? Aren't you supposed to charge people and follow through with it? Imagine you and I come in today
1: and we're like, hey, we forgot to talk on the radio today. <laughs> I forgot all about that. We took a nap. Oh, my goodness me. She has got issues. Everybody knows that. And there was a reason that so many of her prosecutors... Came out and and sent letters saying that it's time for her to go. Yeah. And she she has fought steadfast. But 180 is not a good look.
2: Okay. Let me give you an example here. All right. Uh, Let's say that you're out there and you have a daughter and uh, your daughter's been abused. Domestic violence. Some creep beat up on her. Yep. Well, that creep just got let off. Got let off the hook. Because misdemeanor cases included domestic violence cases, DUI, DUI. We've got uh, assaults, criminal damage. Um, these are you know these are serious charges. And I got to tell you, uh, if a family member of mine, if our daughter was in one of like if if some some guy decided to to drink and drive and smashed into my kid, and Alistair Adele's office screwed up. And they were forced to drop the criminal case? Let me tell you, I couldn't even tell you how furious I would be. And
1: this isn't a screw-up of, of, hey, we filed the charges wrong. This was a screw-up of, well, we just never filed the charges
2: that means you don't know what the hell you're doing That's
1: exactly yeah. it. At this point in time, right. you no longer know what the hell's going on and what you're doing. It is time for
2: you to go. So a supervisor failed to assign the cases to prosecutors. And then I guess they just sat in the computer filing system. And then all of a sudden, uh-oh, statute of limitations ran out. Well, I guess it, was, uh, it wasn't a typo. It wasn't a computer error. It was human error. And sometimes with human error, you got to say, who's running the whole place? It's Alistair Adele. So, let's review it again. We kind of went through it. Five of the office's top criminal prosecutors called for her to resign. Okay? Uh, She's admitted uh, right here on, on Arizona's Morning News that she is an alcoholic. She's and gone she, and sought she some sort yeah. of treatment. She struggles every day, as many alcoholics do. Okay.
1: At this point in time, I don't care. Your job is to protect the public, okay. to keep people off the street. You're not doing that. I don't care about your your issue because you can't seem to realize you're failing the people of Phoenix. You're failing everybody here in Maricopa County. It's time for you
2: to go. Well, why she would just throw the, boo, the, like the, 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 the booze out and say... Uh, the alcohol problem, really. I, I don't know if it went into this case. I'm assuming it. There was a major problem, but I don't know if it had anything to do with her being an alcoholic. No, no. no. It could be everything to do with she's incompetent or she missed it. I, I don't know. Or, or the alcohol played a
1: part. She'll probably try to blame it on every. She blamed on like you read the articles. It's like, well, we didn't have enough people, and then it was, well, uh, uh, there was so much work to get done. It like there's a new excuse. The excuse I don't hear is. It's my bad. I'm not handling my business the way I should be, which is what she should
2: be saying. Okay, All right. let me play just a little devil's advocate here. So did Adele mishandle these cases, or did her staff mishandle these cases? I mean, I would like to know, because you have to rely on your staff at, at times. Yes, but you're but the boss. The, I get that. At the end of the day, you are the boss. I just wonder, how much did this have to do with her, and was any of it related with some of the issues that she's had. I think I that's think a fair a question. Of,
1: I, no, I think the question is, is is everybody's been talking about You don't about think this. that's a fair question? Not anymore, no. I think this is the first time we've heard about something like this. You could be asking that question. Okay. We've been hearing about what a nightmare it is to work for her. We've been hearing about what a nightmare it is in the office, how nothing gets done. Everything's falling through the cracks. This seems to be something else that has fallen through the cracks. Uh, and you know what? The buck stops with her, and you... Need to go, lady. You need to go.
2: All right. So how does that happen? Because you know she was talking. She's not just going the other to. day to my good friend Ted Simons. Oh, all right. And Ted asked her, "Listen, you know, are you leaving?" And she goes, "I'm not going anywhere." No, she's not going to. I'm and not going she's anywhere. Blame this on.
1: It was my. Uh, it's all the old people from the old regime that was here. They're the ones who were doing this on purpose to
2: make me look bad. Okay, I can already smell that coming. I need a comment from her. Then you got to tell us why. 180 criminal cases were dropped. Well, I mean, I don't even know if that's the right word, dropped. They forgot. They were forgotten they were, about? They were dropped. They were forgotten. Well, they, actually, they had to drop them. Yeah, because, but... Right, 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 right. They were right. never they filed. Were, they were botched. They were okay? never filed, right. and, and... and I think they were... Well, I, I don't
1: know. They maybe they'd that's agreed just, to prosecute them, right. then they never went through the actual process of doing that, filing the
2: paperwork, and then, no. Can, can you imagine if somebody assaulted a loved one of yours, and they caught the person, and they're ready to charge that person. And then Maricopa County Attorney's Office forgets about that person. And you don't get any justice. You're the victim. You don't get any justice. Nope. There are 180 people out there. 180 criminal cases. Gone. That's 180 criminals. That's
1: a free DUI for you.
2: It's a free get-out-of-jail card. No get-out-of-jail. There's no doubt about it. That is complete BS. The, That's just ridiculous. If
1: this was the first time something had happened, right. you would have serious questions. Yeah. About this, and is this, you'd look and go, Is are these people incompetent? Are they truly understaffed? Is there something going on here that we're missing? This is how many times have we talked about this? At least once a month now, something comes up because she can't handle the office. She disappears. She's got a drinking problem. She underst- We understand that. You know what? At some point, you got to go, lady, because it's now affecting everybody else's work, which is serious work. It's not goofy radio like you and I do. No, It's serious stuff. God, who high
2: uh, What's well, wrong with us? Here's here's the thing. I can understand that you're an alcoholic and you're you're having trouble and you're trying to figure it out. That's one thing. But incompetence is a completely different thing. Absolutely, that's even worse. And I think this is worse. I think you can just, you, you know, you can say, all right, well, there was a lot of problems beforehand. Let's just talk about this problem. Yeah. 180 people went free. 180 people aren't going to be prosecuted. one hundred and eighty At least 180 victims out there aren't going to get uh, any, any, any justice. Uh, that right there, I, I don't need to talk about the, the alcohol problem or people within her office saying they can't work with her anymore. I don't need to talk about that anymore. 180 people that uh th- that gets you fired in that, mo- that gets you fired
1: again that should get you fired but in the day and age that we live in now god knows it won't and that's the sad thing
2: all right coming up next coming up- uh, some americans are headed over to fight the war against russia they're joining with ukraine why you're going to hear that story in just a second
3: Arizona's news station, KTAR
2: News, 92.3 FM.
0: The Gatos and Chad Show, afternoons.
2: All right, the war continues. Russia trying to pummel Ukraine, Ukraine holding strong. One of the interesting things about this war is there are volunteer fighters who are headed out to Ukraine. And guess what? Some of them are American. And guess what? Our next next guest has spoken to some of them. From ABC News, she is in Poland. Inez de la Catera joins us on KTAR All right, Inez, you talked to uh, some of these uh, American fighters who are in Ukraine. Uh, Who did you talk to? What did they say? And why are they there?
0: Hey, yeah. So I was at a refugee center actually here in Poland. That's about a 45 minute drive from the Yavodiv military training ground, which is that uh, military base that was hit by Russian strikes uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, and as I was speaking to refugees there who were coming in from Western Ukraine, a bus pulled up with a group of soldiers on board, a group of men. And that in and of itself was was weird because it's mostly women and refugee and most because it's mostly women and children at these refugee centers, so to see a group of men was unusual. Hmm. But on top of that, they were wearing uh, uniforms, military uniforms, they were bearing the Ukrainian flag, and and yet they weren't speaking Ukrainian to each other, they were speaking English to each other. So we approached them, we spoke to them, and they did confirm that they were all volunteer foreign fighters, that they had just been evacuated from the Yabodiv military base in the aftermath of those strikes. Uh, So they described waking up in a panic when the first missiles started to hit. The the first missile strikes uh, occurred in the early hours of the morning so they had all been sleeping, and uh, they talked about you know running for their lives and, and then being evacuated. So. Uh- a really frightening situation there, um, and and we did you know it was it was it was men from from the U.S. from the U.K. from Ireland from France so really from all over and they confirmed to us that the base was kind of a hub for foreign fighters it was a place where foreign fighters were would cross into Ukraine they would be brought to this base for training and then from there they would be deployed to other parts of Ukraine. Mm.
1: Hey, Inez, how long did they tell you how long their training was, and and are they being put in a position where they're they're underneath some of the Ukrainian military, or are they kind of, you know, being put in a position of going out there on their own?
0: So they're, they're, they're part of the international legion. So it's kind of like a separate division within the Ukrainian military. They're not giving a whole lot of details when it comes to, you know, how it's being run. Even the guys yesterday, I mean, there was only one that would really speak to me on camera, you know, on, on the record, um, and, and give his, and he didn't even give his name. He gave a, an alias. Um, and the other guys were speaking on background. They didn't want, uh, you know, to be, to be, to be identified and, and, and they were very concerned about, um, Speaking, speaking to the press So as far as like you know the internal workings of, of the Foreign Legion, we're not getting a whole lot of details um, but it is a separate entity within the Ukrainian military.
2: And as Dela Katterra joining us uh, from Poland, ABC News correspondent, uh, she was speaking with volunteer soldiers. Uh, and many of them Americans. OK, so uh, they didn't want to, like they talked to you, but they didn't want to talk to you or they were they didn't want to give their name or they worried like what that uh, what Russia would go back, would go, you know, get their family back here in the U.S. Or, or why? Why wouldn't they, you know, at least tell you, hey, or because of active duty in some other parts of the world? I, I don't get. Yeah. What is it?
0: Yeah, so I mean you know they were one I think they were shell shocked so a lot of them had just come off this base they had they had just you know witnessed these missiles uh they, they shared videos with us that show the the buildings on fire uh that show the in some cases the buildings just turned to to complete rubble so I think they were they were just shell shocked they weren't thinking clearly Uh, Two, I think you know they are concerned. So I think a lot of them are considering going back into Ukraine, and if that's the case, then they would still be part of the Ukrainian military, which means that they're you know not at liberty to really be speaking about um, uh, what what is going on internally. Um, But yeah, they they were they were they were speaking to me without you know. really wanting to, to talk to me. So, again, it was just the one guy who was going on the record with his name, uh, you know, on camera. We had a camera there for ABC News, um, but the others were speaking to me on background. So, uh, you know, I, I could use the information they were giving me, but um, but they but they didn't want to be uh, identified in, in any way. And um, uh, I, I will point out something that was interesting that they did share was that they're, they're not paid. So, you know, the, the, the Russians are recruiting uh, Syrian fighters that they are paying, so mercenaries, but in this case, these guys are really there just volunteering. It's it, they're they're not being paid um, for this work in the Ukrainian military. Wow!
1: And as Katera joins us from Poland for the ABC News, uh, the refugees there's a plenty of them. Uh, Poland's kind of uh, hinted, hey, we can't take any more. Some other countries are going to have to step up. Uh, it's what how about a little about two point two million, two point three million? Majority have ended up in Poland.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. A vast majority are ending up in Poland and the numbers keep climbing. Um, and you're right. Poland is starting to, uh, show signs of strain. So two major cities in Poland, Warsaw and Krakow, have said that they can no longer take in any more refugees. We're starting to see images from those two cities of refugees, you know, crowding train stations, sleeping on the floor at some of these tra- train stations because they're just out of, out of room. I mean, the, the, uh, the way, so the Poles have been praised the world over for the way they welcome these refugees, but it's really been ordinary citizens that have been leading the way in terms of this reception and in terms of caring for these people. Um, And and it's ordinary, you know, what I'm seeing on the ground is ordinary citizens driving to these refugee centers, picking up these refugees, offering up rooms inside their their own homes or offering rides to other parts of Poland, other parts of Europe. Um, And there's a feeling that that's not sustainable, that a lot of these people who are volunteering right now, offering up rooms in their homes are just going to run out of space and there's not going to be room for everyone, especially, especially considering the, the, the latest estimate. So it, it initially was uh, the U.N. was estimating that there could be anywhere from four to five million refugees fleeing the war in Ukraine. And now we are hearing at ABC, according to, to U.S. officials, that it could actually be double that. So anywhere from eight to 10 million refugees. And again, the vast majority coming into uh, to poland if eight million refugees are coming into poland that is going to make for a, a massive uh, humanitarian crisis here in poland
2: and as de la Cotera, abc news in poland thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you soon
0: be safe out there thanks for having me
2: all right uh coming up next so far 2022 seven phoenix police officers have been shot and 13 others have been injured over the weekend another ambush on phoenix cops my goodness Uh, We're going to talk to Phoenix Police Chief Jerry Williams next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM.
0: Serious news, seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show. Two Phoenix police officers who are recovering this evening after a man opened fire on them as they were driving down the street. Now, one officer suffered a gunshot wound to his wrist, another with minor injuries from flying glass. The breaking news is that a suspect is now in custody.
2: All right. So if you look at 2022, seven officers have been shot, 13 others injured. Uh, This last incident you just heard from there, this is another ambush on the cops. Uh, Right now, we're pleased to be joined by Jerry Williams, Phoenix Police Chief. How you doing, Chief? Good to have you on the show.
3: So Gatos and Chad and KTR, thanks for having me.
2: All right. So what is going on out there? Uh, Sunday shooting marks at least the third surprise attack of cops in four months. Uh, why is this happening? Do, do you think it's happening because, well, you see a cop, maybe they do something wrong, it gets publicized big time, and then there's certain people out there that begin hating the police and say, you know what, I'm going to start attacking them. Is that what's happening, or, or am I off?
3: So I, I don't. We don't really know why it's happening. What we do know is the individuals that we've come in contact with on the, on the previous two occasions I had some prior. Prior felonious bookings uh, prior to this, I will say it's getting far more dangerous for the men and women who wear blue uniform or any other color uniform, not just in Phoenix but uh, throughout the country as well. And you all mentioned it. This is the seventh one of my officers shot and thirteenth injured in the line of duty in the past few months. Hey, Chief
1: Willens. have you talked to other chiefs and, and law enforcement across the country who are facing something similar where they're seeing their their police or, or their law enforcement seem to be ambushed, whether it's New York or Chicago or, or, or places through the Midwest? Because this is not an isolated incident, and it feels like it's growing on a, on a weekly basis.
0: So
3: to your point about talking to other chiefs, I am part of the Major City Chiefs Association, and we talk all the time, most specifically and of late, about these ambushes to our officers um, I mentioned it before at the press conference, the community can't can't stand for this. Uh, at the end of the day, the, the men and women who wear uniform are standing in the gap, making sure people are safe, making sure we have a secure community. And these types of attacks on our people and our employees and our officers cannot continue, not here in Phoenix or anywhere in the United States.
2: Phoenix Police Chief Jerry Williams is our guest. Is crime getting worse in Phoenix?
3: So we're, we're seeing upward trends and downward trends. It kind of depends on what the crimes are. I can say this. As far as assault on police officers, we've seen a 31% increase mm. over 2017 to 2021. How that compares to other cities across the country, I'm not certain. Uh, I will say this uh, on a brighter note. I'm happy to report that the officer who was hospitalized overnight has been released to home and he's recovering. So we're very blessed to have that happen.
1: Good. Uh, Chief Williams, it's tough being a cop we know that it's getting tougher between the social media world, the defund police movement uh, what took you know place with George Floyd and everything and the fallout from there and and now what you're hearing as far as the violence are you finding it tough right now to not only keep officers but to find uh, new officers who who want to pursue that that line of work? I think
3: that's a great question. Uh, Over this past weekend, we were able to have more people show up at our written test than we've seen in a long time. So hopefully that pendulum is swinging back the opposite direction where we're able to find people. Um, The good thing about Phoenix PD and those of us here in Maricopa County, we have a great working relationship with our federal partners. The U.S. Marshals Office, ATF helped us out, Scottsdale PD helped us. And I I do have to give kudos to all of my employees who stayed out and worked tirelessly from 1 o'clock in the morning until midnight in order to make sure we have the individuals responsible for this latest shooting in custody and, and out of the way from members of our community.
2: Hey, Chief Williams, did, did cops used to wake up and say, I'm going to go out, I'm going to do something good today, I'm going to save somebody, I'm going to make, uh, you know, I'm going to do something positive. Are they getting up now and saying, gosh, I hope I don't get ambushed, I hope somebody doesn't shoot me when I pull them over? Is it changed?
3: You know, know, I I will say that every officer has this idea that, that any danger can come in their shift. But if you look at some of the posts, the social media posts that we've made with Phoenix PD, time and time again, our officers are out there doing positive things, giving people shoes that need shoes and other things. So that notion and idea that danger is there is obviously in the back of their minds, but they still have the heart and passion to serve, and they still want to go out and do right by our community.
1: Going forward, Officer uh, Chief Williams, here you, you you talk about the community, and that is a big thing. I think the re you know the whole defund police movement. Thank God, it's taken a, a new turn. It's re- Rethinking the the police world and how you interact with the community. Are you guys feeling like you're really starting to get a better handle on interacting with the community, minority communities, and just community across the board?
3: So I would say communities across the board are constantly reaching, reaching out to us, especially now that a lot of the COVID restrictions have been lifted. They want us to be in person. They want to engage with us. And I've said this before over the five plus years I've been here. If you invite us to an event, we're going to come. And our calendars are are definitely starting to become full with community events, um, events with people of color as well. Um, At the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We want a safe community. We want to protect our community members, and we want our officers to be safe.
1: Do you feel like, and and I, th- I don't think this question ever gets asked enough. When you talk to people in, in communities, whether people of color or everywhere else, that that quietly they wouldn't say something. They'll say something to you on the side that maybe they wouldn't voice out loud because there's this fear of social media judging them and not being woke or or social justicey. Do you feel like that there's a lot more out there than people realize?
3: I would say it this way. Anytime we go to community meetings, there are always people who are very vocal about a couple of things. One, I want to be safe in my community. Two, I want more police officers in order to help and ensure that safety. And thirdly, they want to become part of the solution. So when we have that connection of police communities working together, We create this safe neighborhood because it's not up to the police alone. Um, We know of of people who will happily engage on social media in their support of law enforcement. And I'd be remiss if I didn't close with um, the Blue Ribbon ladies who are up north, who no matter what happens, they are tying blue ribbons um, all over our city. And And it's a really great feeling when you're a patrol officer or police officer out there and you see a blue ribbon that shows that someone supports you.
2: Uh, last one for me, Chief. Um, as I said, twenty twenty two, seven officers have been shot, thirteen others injured. Um, when you uh, became the chief, twenty sixteen, right? Is that yep. right? Okay. Is this your most stressful year? I know twenty twenty was brutal. A lot of marches in the streets that was happening during COVID. Uh, we saw you get out there with the crowds, um, but when you have officers who are being uh, targeted. Uh, When you put it into perspective, is this this year, like stress-wise for you, is this your toughest year so far?
3: You know, I I will say this, 2020 was rough, 2021 was rough. Um, Just the mere fact, my officers are getting shot um, in record numbers. Are are some of those things, I keep a police chief up at night. Um, It's definitely one of those times and instances where, to be honest, I was very happy to see our police chaplain who came out at the hospital uh, early last night. This morning or, or whenever it was so um to have that support system of people who can walk you through some of the toughest times in your life um has been a great gift and a great blessing for me but truth be told this is one of the things that keeps police chiefs up at night for sure yeah
1: police chief jerry williams thanks so much for joining us today and uh, uh i'm glad to hear those officers are doing well uh and keep up the great work
3: awesome thank you guys
1: for having me thank you tough out there yeah,
2: yeah. A lot of cops are saying I'm not sure if this job is worth it. No, it's recruiting.
1: I mean, we well, you know we talked about it earlier. Remember they were like normally they have X amount of you know like was it a thousand or something going through the thing that they had five or yeah. whatever. You're like what? Yeah, like we are struggling to find people that want to be cops and some of it's the social media aspect some of it is the fact that 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 it is a dangerous job and seems to be getting more dangerous there's a lot that goes into this and 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 you know we've got to do better in a lot of ways and including recruiting getting people back out there
2: coming up next well he left us for 40 days there was a glorious 40 now he's back is he addicted to <laughs> cop his, his long is, retirement is he addicted to competition next <laughs> Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM.
0: A mashup of news, information, and entertainment. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad
1: Show. Ah, kids, it is the Gatos and Chad Show. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we got a, a podcast. You guys are going to love it, too. It's called the Gatos and Chad Show Podcast. Your iPhone, your Android, your Go's, your Scribe, you're never going to miss any of the hot action. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Carol Williams Realty, East Valley. Get the most money selling out for cash. Go to highestprice.com. That's highestprice.com.
2: Yeah, you can listen to the podcast if you missed uh, Police Chief Jerry Williams. Or you missed our ABC correspondent from Poland talking about Americans fighting the war alongside the Ukrainians. Uh, so a lot in the first hour. All right. Uh, let's do the Gatos uh, Big Q poll question let's do of the day. it. Fine. Let's do it. It is brought to you by... You you get it at KTAR.com. It is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. So at 8.50, I hop on with Mike Broomhead and we chat about the Q, uh, which on the right side of uh, the screen, KTAR.com. What was the best sports story of the weekend? So I got four, right? Suns crush LeBron's lowly Lakers. Went to the game, by the way, on a Sunday with my uh, lovely <laughs> wife, the Gator Sprite. Nice, nice. We had fantastic time watching the Suns just play with the Lakers. I didn't know the Lakers were that bad. They're awful. Yeah, they're, they're awful. It's awesome. They are awful. It was terrific. That's
1: what I hear. I don't, uh, I don't you watch know
2: basketball. So. No. Or leave the house. I left the house almost this weekend.
1: (laughs) Okay. Food just doesn't arrive
2: there. (laughs) All right. So the best sports story. Suns beat the Lakers. Uh, You've got uh, Tom Brady unretires. Goodness gracious. Again? Again? NASCAR at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, and the U of A Wildcats win the uh, Pac-12 uh, tournament title. And no, I won't call them U-Arizona, because I think it's stupid. That's stupid. Uh, 44% say the Suns crushing LeBron was the biggest sports story of uh, of the weekend. Well,
1: here it was easily probably the biggest, but
2: nationwide yeah. it would probably be... Uh Tom Brady. Yeah,
1: and by the way, Tom was not in America when he made the announcement.
2: Is that so? Where was he? I
1: saw him on Sunday or Saturday on Island that he owns, celebrating uh, at Manchester United, uh, giving a standing ovation to Cristiano Ronaldo as he broke the record for the most goals scored by anybody ever in the history of ever. Yeah, and uh, so
2: well, the bad joke that's been told. Oh, oh my gosh! Ever since he start, ever since he said I'm coming back. Uh, oh, high gas prices. I guess Tom Brady's got to come back. It's not funny anymore. Stop tweeting it and stop sending, you know, put, stop posting it on Facebook. Uh, why is he back? The guy, what? He's, what is he? he spent six, 61? With, what is he?
1: He's spent enough time with those kids. I <laughs> know. Oh, uh, that woman! Yeah. I heard that uh, she hangs out a lot with Gwyneth Paltrow. To be honest with you, that sounds like an insufferable couple.
2: That does sound like uh, an insufferable.
1: You want to make some candles about hall? Remember that when she did the goop thing? Yeah, I, I, uh, uh, what,
2: what? <laughs> what? You remember that? Let's not go into that. That's awesome. How about that?
1: Uh, but at the end of the day, the dude is—he was almost MVP last year. They were one play away from beating the Rams, who won the Super Bowl. And he's addicted to competition. He's not going
2: in the booth. He doesn't want to coach. He never wanted to retire. This is all BS. Yeah, he never did.
1: He, right? He was emotional after the playoffs. No, it wasn't. It's emotional.
2: No. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, you make know what it, an emotional situation. You know what it was? He was orchestrated. Here's what he did. Here's what he did. He decides, and he knows it. He goes, there's no way I'm going to retire. I'm just going to put it out there that I'm retired. I'm going to wait a little bit. Well, he never filed the paperwork. Right. And the day before, on you know on a Sunday, he he decides I'm going to unretire because today, if you're an NFL fan, is when everything happens. Yeah, all the free agents are signed, so he had to come back. Uh, Maybe it, they
1: asked him, "Hey, let's screw with baseball even more, <laughs> get so, the headlines, so we can make sure that everybody knows that nobody cares about baseball. I, Why don't you unretire right before?"
2: I, don't I think, think that, it was all orchestrated. I don't think he ever wanted to retire. I think this—he pulled, he, you know, he, he pulled a fast one on all of us Uh because for 40 days we thought, oh, now it's Aaron Rodgers' turn. Oh, oh, now maybe it's Kyler Murray's turn if he if he can get out of his playpen and actually act like a you know a non-toddl.er You know, but now that Tom Brady's back, everybody's like, oh, crap, he's going to win again. Well, I think and you he know looks what? around and thinks, I have a chance. You know what? When he wins the Super Bowl, you know what they're going to say? Huh. He he actually retired. For 40 days, he stepped away from the game. And then all of a sudden, he had to change of heart. Everybody said he that back. a
1: lot of people knew said he was going to take the year off and then come back. Yeah. He couldn't take more than 60 days off.
2: No, it was like 40 days. It was a glorious 40 days. Now we got to deal with the guy again. Coming up next was an Arizona man racially profiled while trying to cash a check what what is going on what? you can't just it's coming up next